Hello, Bettys. Welcome to the show. Before we get to our guest today, I just wanted to let you know that we have such an epic list of guests coming up in March. We are talking about menopause. We're talking about autoimmunity. We're talking about muscle building. We're talking about recovery practices. And I don't want you to miss any of it. Even if you are listening to the podcast, you may not necessarily be subscribed. So you're going to have to manually go into your podcast app and press play. I would love for you to hit that subscribe button so that you are getting the podcast as they are released. It's going to make me oh so happy to know that you are a subscriber of the pod. You are officially a Betty in the Bettyverse. And of course, you are never going to miss an episode and be the first to know when it drops. Thank you so much. I know that when I go and do a strength training activity, that I'm going to raise my dopamine levels two times above baseline, similar to sex. Welcome to Better with Dr. Stephanie. I am your host, Dr. Stephanie Estima. This show is for women just like you with a deep desire for learning, self-actualization, and becoming more of who you already are. Every week, we are going to deconstruct how to build better bodies, better minds, better relationships, better sex, and better families. I'll be giving you access to world-class thought leaders to help give you the tools to answer this question. What are the simplest things that you can do today to get better tomorrow? I am part geek, part magic, and want to share the juiciest questions, topics, and often taboo conversations that I think I've always wanted to be a part of and I wanted to be having. So let's get better together. Hey, Bettys, welcome back to another episode of Better with Dr. Stephanie. It's me, your host, Stephanie Estima. And this week I have a special treat for you. This is the full version of a speech that I gave last month in Toronto at an event called Change Maker. And the talk is entitled The Neuroscience of Winning. This is me getting back to my roots in neuroscience and psychology. And in this talk, I review the dopaminergic system and how that interplays with winning. I talk about testosterone and what happens to testosterone as we continue to win or our perceived wins. And of course, the opposite, what happens when we lose and how we can begin not to rely on motivation, but rather to be focusing on our effort as a way to rewire the neural circuitry to release dopamine when we are doing something hard, irrespective of the outcome. This is something that I have been implementing with my children where I have been focusing or having them focus not necessarily on the outcome, but on the effort that it takes to achieve that outcome. And of course, paradoxically, when you stop focusing on the outcome, the outcome that you want ends up actualizing. So in this talk, you'll hear me talk about a couple of elite athletes, uh, what happens when we win, what happens when we lose, some of the studies to back that up. I think you're really going to enjoy it. I think it's applicable to whether you are trying to be a high performance human and trying to self-actualize and do the best that you can in fitness and nutrition. And it's all the way, it's applicable all the way down to the everyday, the everyday um, tasks and Uh, activities that we are doing on a daily basis and how we can focus on the effort of those tasks and those habits on the daily to rewire our neural circuitry to release more dopamine. So without further delay, please enjoy the neuroscience of winning. 
I am a huge fan of the Bio Optimizers Magnesium Breakthrough. It has seven forms of magnesium, which is going to help to transform your stress and your performance and your recovery and your sleep to the next level. I'm often asked like, well, what are the types of magnesium we should be looking for? So there's magnesium chelate and citrate and bisglycinate and malate, sucrosomial, taurate and orotate. They have various effects on the body. Bisglycinate, probably the most bioavailable and most absorbable. Malate, it's found naturally in fruits, helps with migraines. Chronic pain has been shown to help improve depression. Magnesium citrate uh, helps with arterial stiffness. It helps with maintaining a healthy weight. Magnesium chelate is important for muscle building, recovery and health. The list goes on and on. You're basically getting them all in one supplement. Each supplement itself is 500 milligrams of magnesium, which I feel is such a great dosage as a great baseline for most women. I have found a beautiful medium of actually cycling my magnesium. So I actually will take one or two of these. So I'm either getting 500 milligrams or up to a gram of magnesium, depending on where I am in my cycle. So head on over to biooptimizers.com forward slash better and use code better for 10% off of any order, but make sure that the magnesium breakthrough is in your cart. Don't be fooled by the frigid temperatures. Keeping hydrated in the wintertime is super important. In colder temperatures, we sweat more due to a higher metabolic demand of trying to maintain a core body temperature. We lose more fluids and electrolytes through our urine. We lose more water through respiration and just general breathing. And our skin dries out in the wintertime as well. We are a ski family, and over this winter, we have been using Elementee's Chocolate Medley. The chocolate chai is absolutely incredible with some boiling water, a splash of milk, and my kids love the chocolate mint with some hot water. This is our apres ski. We cozy up with Element Hot After Hours on our cross-country trails. Now, for a limited time, you too can get the Element Tea Chocolate Medley and enjoy them hot as I have been doing with this exclusive insider bundle for you. When you buy three boxes of any flavor, it doesn't have to be the chocolate, it can be any of the flavors that they offer, you are going to get the fourth box free. If you head over to drinkelement.com forward slash Dr. Estima, you'll see that exclusive offer at the bottom of the page. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T.com forward slash D-R-E-S-T-I-M-A. And tell me which of the chocolate melody you love the best. So we are going to talk today about the neuroscience of winning. And if you ain't first, you're last, right? This is a famous line from one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite movies with Will Ferrell, Talladega Nights. Of course, if you've seen the movie, you know that it's hilarious. Uh, the line ends up being sort of dismantled in the end, but I won't, I won't uh, spoil it for you. But there is something really sexy about winning. There's something really that we are drawn to, but it feels really good to win. So we are going to talk today around the, the neurophysiology of winning, what happens and how we can actually set ourselves up on a day-to-day -day basis to be winning more in all verticals of your life. Sound good? Yeah? Okay. All right. We're going to go on a geeky magic carpet ride together. All right. So just a little bit about me. These are some of the things that I've created I'm very proud of. Uh, 19 years in 
practice photo by Darius Bashar. If he's in here, that's a photo that Darius took of me for my book cover. Uh, best-selling author, uh, podcast, mom of three, Duolingo aficionado. Anyone in the house here do Duolingo? Find me. Let's play. Uh, and um, yeah, I'm just like a super nerd. And uh, I'll also say that my chocolate short ribs have been known to make grown men weep tears of joy. And that's exactly why you should be listening to me today. All right, so let's dive in. Uh, let's go to, let's start with dopamine. So serotonin and dopamine, technically the only two things that we really enjoy, right? You think that you enjoy your coffee or your chocolate, but it's really because it's mediated by these two uh, neurotransmitters. And dopamine, when we win, when we have a big win, um, the, it, our brain is going to reward us with dopamine. And it feels really good, right? It feels really good to win. And the really cool thing about uh, dopamine when we are bathed in its glory is that we don't forget what it feels like. So we come back to those behaviors again and again so that we, that we can continue to win. Okay, so let's, in our conversation, in our little geeky magic carpet right here, I want to frame up for you a little bit about how we perceive winning, um, and then we're going to get into some strategies in terms of how we can increase our baseline levels of dopamine on a daily basis. So, First of all, this is a, this is a photo uh, from the Beijing Olympics. Michael Phelps is in the middle there with the gold, and you have his silver and bronze medalist on his left and right side. And this is really high level of sport, right? The difference between these medals is probably less than a second, right? Hundreds of a second, thousands of a second, something like that. But it still doesn't change the way that we feel about winning and losing. And there was a study that was done specifically with Olympians. What they did was they took photos, uh, they looked at the photos of hundreds of medalists, podium medalists, so those who had you know, taken their picture after they had won gold, silver, and bronze, and they had sent those pictures to unbiased um, individuals and asked them to categorize how those individuals were feeling. And the pattern that emerged after looking at hundreds and hundreds of photos is the one, one of them uh, you see here. The gold medalist in the middle, happy camper, right? Fastest swimmer in whatever category this is in the world. The bronze medalist right beside him, also very happy. The silver medalist, <laughs> staring off into space, kind of looks a little miserable, right? And so, like, silver is pretty good, right? Like second fastest swimmer in the world, not too shabby, except what he's probably thinking about is, God, I just missed out. I was so close, Duh! right there, right? And the gold medalist, of course, he's happy. The bronze medalist is thrilled because a hundredth of a second more, he wouldn't have even been there, right? And so Olympians are not the only ones with this particular affliction for coming up short. We all hate it, right? But I will argue with you today, and what I want to present with you today, is that winning in your life, in all verticals, parenting, career, partnerships, friendships, is single-handedly changing every aspect of your life. And I would argue that the more that you win, this is going to impact your longevity, your health span, even your perception of time, which we're going to geek out a little bit on today as well. And you see this, this is not just Olympians. So if you look at the health, uh, the lifespan rather, of Nobel, uh, Nobel Prize winners versus Nobel Prize nominees, there's a mean difference of two years. So 
individuals who win the Nobel Prize live longer by two years. Baseball Hall of Fame, same deal. Baseball Hall of Famers live on average two years longer than their colleagues who are not in the Hall of Fame. And in Hollywood, of course, this is really where the winner takes all. Academy Award winners live on average four years longer than Academy Award nominees. And you can think about, I mean, if you think about the reason why that might be important or how you have this mean difference in lifespan, well, think about the Nobel, Pri the Nobel Prize winner. He can teach at, or she can teach at any university in the world, command whatever salary. Same is true for you know, your Academy Award winners. They can choose the movies that they uh, engage in, they can dictate the salary, the terms of the engagement, et cetera. And so I want you all to think about as we go through, uh, as we go through this, how we can be setting ourselves up to be in the middle all the time. So next slide, where do I point? Is it like this? Next slide, my favorite athlete. All right, so let's, uh, let's examine the relationship between dopamine, which is the neurotransmitter that's involved in reward and seeking out reward behaviors, and testosterone. Everyone's heard of testosterone, hands up. We've heard of testosterone, principal androgen hormone, right? Famous for libido, famous for muscle mass and strength, hair growth, confidence, taking risks. Well, there's a really important relationship between dopamine and testosterone. They have a bi-directional reciprocal relationship with each other. So as dopamine comes up, testosterone comes up. I got a handheld. I was practicing this without my, without my hand, one of my hands being uh, tied to the mic. But as dopamine comes up, testosterone comes up. And the same is true with testosterone. As testosterone comes up, we will also naturally raise our levels of dopamine. And the more that you win, coming back to this idea of winning again, the more you are going to increase your baseline levels of both dopamine and testosterone. And they've looked at this with elite athletes. I'm going to give you an example uh, with tennis players, but this has been done with football players or soccer players, I should say, um, and tennis players. So in, uh, with the tennis example, um, they've looked at tennis players before a big tournament where there's multiple games. They took their mean serum testosterone levels. They were looking at a couple other things, cortisol and what have you. Um, and there was no real significant difference before, uh, for, uh, between any of the tennis players before the, the first match happened. They play the game, and then there's a clear winner and a clear loser, right? So then they measure them again. The winners of the tennis match had higher mean testosterone levels, which were statistically significant, okay, versus those who did not win. And that difference was maintained until the second game, Okay, so the, the individuals who'd won their first game before the start of their second game still had higher levels of testosterone. And if they continued to win, what do you guys think happened? Keeps lifting, right? And conversely, unfortunately, for the individuals who were not winning, who were losing their matches, their testosterone kept dropping and dropping and dropping. Said another way, the more that you win, the higher likelihood is that you are going to continue to win. And of course, the opposite is also true. The more you lose, the more you can continue to lose. So you can either set yourself up for neurological momentum, 
with your increasing levels of dopamine and testosterone, or you can set yourself into a neurological tailspin. Jordan Peterson also talked about this with lobsters. If you've ever read his book, The 12 Rules of Life, he talks about different hormones with lobsters, but we're humans, so we're gonna talk about humans. Um, and this, is all, this has also been looked at, as I mentioned, with soccer teams as well. So they've looked at big tournaments like World Cup and Euro, and the teams that kept winning and winning and winning and eventually ended up winning the championship or the, you know, the Euro or World Cup or whatever it is, um, at the end of the match, higher levels of testosterone versus the teams that were losing. I am incredibly bullish on sauna as a therapy for recovery, heart health, and overall aging well. I personally decided on an infrared sauna from Sunlighten because of the range of far wavelengths and near infrared wavelengths that it offers. Saunas help with detoxification and rejuvenation to rid your body of toxins. It helps with heart health by improving circulation, reducing blood pressure, and helping keep the arteries supple. It helps with muscle recovery by easing the tension and soreness to recover faster. And of course, stress reduction with the warmth and the relaxation of sitting in a sauna it's crucial for hormonal balance and achieving a state of well-being necessary for a strong physique and a strong mind. If you visit sunlighten.com slash better and use code better to get a discount. That is sunlighten, S-U-N-L-I-G-H-T-E-N.com slash B-E-T-T-E-R and use code better at checkout. So the question then becomes, okay, got it. We, you know, we know how we feel about coming up short. We know now the relationship a little bit between dopamine and testosterone. Dopamine also plays with a couple of other hormones that we don't have the time to get into today, epinephrine and uh, oxytocin. We'll touch on oxytocin a little bit. Um, but we're gonna, what I want to kind of move into is giving you some strategies and, and some actionable takeaways in terms of how you can all increase your levels of dopamine on a daily basis so you can set yourself up to be winning. And the first thing that you want to, uh, that I, all, I want everybody to be aware of, of course, is that we all have different baseline levels of dopamine, which part of which, I know we had Kashif on here before, surely most of, some of it, not most of it, some of it is going to be genetic, how quickly we clear the dopamine from the receptors, et cetera. So some of it is genetic, some of it is environmental. Y'all heard Sonia and you've seen Sonia through the course of the day, you know, she's my cousin. I haven't tested her. But I bet if we looked at her dopamine levels, they'd be on a different planet. <laughs> all right. She's got all the energy, again, epinephrine and adrenaline, right? She's got the motive. She's got the drive. She's got the dopamine. So there's, we, I just all, <laughs> you can probably hear her from the back there. So I just want to let you guys, know, we all start off with different baseline levels of dopamine. Okay. So the first thing that we can do is, uh, looking at our favorite, as my patient David Binns used to say, favorite warm brown water drink. Uh, so we have coffee. Now, coffee technically doesn't increase your dopamine. This is just a tickler of the dopamine receptor. Okay, So this is just going to activate and wake up the dopamine so that when you chase it with some of the activities and some of the things that I'm going to present to you right now, you're going to have this beautiful synergistic um, effect. All right, so let's just talk about everyone's favorite, chocolat, okay? So let's just actually get the hedonic ones out of the way first. So we got chocolate, okay? Chocolate has been shown, and they looked at milk and dark. Now, I, being someone who likes 
to look at your blood sugar and your insulin levels, I'm going to recommend the dark because of the glycemic index. However, this is also true for milk. Chocolate, milk, or dark has been shown to raise your dopamine levels 1.5 times above baseline. The catch is that it's really short-lived. So depending on your genetics, this can be lit, like you can have a transient rise 1.5x times your baseline. That can be, you know, minutes to seconds in some individuals, okay? So this is like a short-term play. Other transient increases of dopamine would be something like nicotine. You hear a lot of uh, biohackers, Dave Asprey being one of the more famous ones, talking about how taking nicotine helps with their, like transiently helps with focus and productivity. Again, has been shown to increase dopamine levels in the brain 2.5 times above baseline. Uh, another hedonic one we'll go into is the initiation of and or pursuit of sex. Of course, right? Two times above baseline. And there are other chemicals which will remain unnamed that we will not talk about because this is not that kind of talk uh, that will increase dopamine. But I wanted to go over, uh, so I want you to think about chocolate 1.5 times, nicotine 2.5 sex, two times above baseline. It's going to work this time, I promise. Maybe this time. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right, exercise. So this is a fun one. Exercise, depending on your subjective enjoyment of the activity, can raise your dopamine levels two times above baseline. So if you're someone like myself who loves to do push-ups which we did in the back before we got up here, <laughs> or strength train, I know that when I go and do a strength training activity that I'm going to raise my dopamine levels two times above baseline, similar to sex. Interesting, right? Okay. And pro tip, if you want, so I was talking to you about, uh, you know, if you chase down, you know, before you go and work out, you have some coffee and then go and work out, you're going to have this beautiful, as I mentioned, synergistic effect. Next one. Uh, the brain is involved in ascribing things that you, that you find innately pleasurable. So there's a lot of bio-individuality uh, between us. So when you are practicing gratitude, when you are thinking about something that's pleasurable or really meaningful to you, you will it not only release dopamine in the moment of expression of that gratitude, but you're also going to be uh, increasing the levels of dopamine the next time that you engage in that activity. Now, you can't lie to yourself. You can't be like, oh my God, I love these burpees. This is so great. I can't wait to do it again. Like, it has to be something authentically, something that you really love doing, okay? I would be remiss if I didn't mention the impact of community, right? This is something that you guys are all doing right now, right? This is some, where we are in tight-knit communities, where we feel loved and supported. We're able to fly our freak flag and be authentically who we are. This is going to drive dopamine pathways. And actually, what we're doing is we're actually doing it through oxytocin, which some of you may have already heard before. This is our bonding hormone, the love hormone. We see this with parent-child relationships, partner bonding relationships. But we also see this very prominently in tight-knit communities. And actually, when you think about it, 
teleologically or from, from an evolutionary perspective, the reason why we are apex predators is because we've discovered that it's better to do things in groups than it is to do things alone. That your likelihood of raising your children or hunting down a caribou is going to be much higher, much more uh, successful, we'll say, if you're doing it in a group versus if you're doing it alone. If you speak to any of Giovanni's Archangel Academy members, Archangel Synergy members, council members, obviously they're going to tell you they have world-class instruction and guidance and coaching to be able to move them towards their dreams. But part of the reason why those people stay in these memberships for the time that they do is because of the relationships, the social connection, and the support that has been forged over time in these memberships. Said another way, right? Being in a community is good for your brain. It's good for your longevity. And it's good for, I mean, in, in the case of memberships, it's good for your bottom line as well and your business. But we're going we're gonna to stick to the brain, brain-derived benefits here as well. Okay, this is the stuff I get really excited about. Okay, so this is this is, I want to I introduce to you this concept that dopamine can control our perception of time. This is really interesting. So this is why giving a reward at the end of an activity is actually very counterproductive. You might think, oh, well, what is she, like she's been saying, like if I do something and then I get a reward after, I'm going to have the dopamine pathway that I want to do. No, when we are, when your brain is not stupid, right? So if you are only rewarding yourself at the end of an activity, your brain is going to stop, it's going to unhitch disassociate the event or the activity and only release the dopamine at the end of the activity. So I'll give you a weight loss example because it's really easy for everyone to really understand. If you are, let's say a woman, and you want to lose 20 pounds or 10 pounds, whatever the number is, how long does it feel between today and when the 20 pounds is lost? Forever. It might as well be centuries, right? So over time, if you say, okay, I'm going to like take myself to Paris, like once I lost, lose these 20 pounds or give myself a new wardrobe or whatever, this, it, it's going to take you twice as much caffeine and twice as much loud music the next time you go to the gym and twice as much pre-workout and all the things um, before, in, in order for you to continue um, pursuing that outcome. And how many of you have heard of Carol Dweck, the author of Mindset? Just a show of hands for me. Yeah. So she wrote this seminal book. It's called Mindset. And essentially what she's talking about here is the difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. Okay? So a growth mindset is essentially having an attitude or cultivating an attitude of change, which is your neural circuitry right? So what I want you to think about, especially in the, with, when I just, you know, I've just explained to you that giving a reward at the end is probably not the best thing. What we want to be focusing on actually is the effort that we're taking towards the outcome, right? It's the behaviors that we do every single day. And that's what you want to be focusing on. Now, I know that we've been talking about winning today. So some of you are like, well, why is she saying that if she's saying that we want to win? Well, paradoxically, when you start to, when you start to forget about the outcome and you only worry about giving 100% every single time, you end up getting the results that you want, right? 
So when, you know, if you have, a, let's say you have a, you know, you have a client, uh, in my case, I have clients who, you know, I'm working on, you know, recomping, rebody comp, you know, working on their body composition and weight loss. If someone were to come up to me and say, oh, guess what? I, I lost five pounds this week. I'm not going to reinforce the five pounds that they lost because that's the outcome. I'm going to reinforce the effort that it took them to lose the five pounds. So that might be, oh my gosh, I'm so happy for you. I'm so proud of you. I can really see that prioritizing your sleep and getting your 8,000 steps in a day and getting early morning sunshine uh, is really working out for you. Just using a couple of examples, pulling off the top of my head. Do you see the difference between that and, oh my God, you lost five pounds. Amazing. Right? When you start focusing on your efforts, right? This is when we can start to see the results that we're looking for. So we want to focus on our efforts and then your brain will start, you will find that when you give everything in the effort, this is when your brain will start releasing the dopamine in conjunction with the effort and not the outcome. So when your legs are sore and you say, man, I don't want to do another squat, right? Or in this entrepreneurial journey, when you say, man, like it really sucks right now. I don't want to take one more step further. You can say to yourself, yes, it's painful. And because it's painful and because I'm not giving up, that is what makes me great. Yeah. Because this entrepreneurial journey is really painful and I don't know exactly what my next steps are, but because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to join Archangel Academy, I'm going to get the support that I need and I'm not giving up. That is what makes me great. That's the secret sauce. Everybody wants to win, right? You hear, if you hear someone on stage say, you have to have a winning, you know, mentality. Like, I'm going to call BS because everybody wants to win. But putting in the effort is something that many are not willing to do, right? To put yourself in a position to win. Not everybody can say that they do. So you have some of the secrets now. I hope that this has been useful for you. If you want these slides, ah, there's the QR code. Just take a picture of this automatic download for you, my gift for you. I hope that you found this useful. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. All right, all right. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And I must give you the obligatory legal and medical disclaimer here. This podcast, Better with Dr. Stephanie, is for general information only. And the advice, recommendations we discuss do not replace medicine, chiropractic, or any other primary healthcare provider's advice, treatment, or care. In the consumption of this podcast, there is no doctor-patient relationship that has been formed and the use and implementation of the information discussed are at the sole discretion of the listener. The information and opinions shared on this podcast are not intended to be a substitute for primary care, diagnosis, or treatment. In other words, guys, be smart about this. Take it with a grain of salt. Take this information to your primary healthcare provider and have a discussion with him or her to make the best choice that is for you. Remember, I am a doctor, but I am not your doctor. And these conversations are meant for educational purposes only.